Good morning, everyone. Let's begin worship at the font this morning. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit of God, and search our hearts with the light of Christ. Come, let us return to the Lord and say, Lord, our God, in our sin we have avoided your call. Our love for you is like a morning cloud, like the dew that goes away early. Have mercy on us, deliver us from judgment, bind up our wounds, and revive us. In Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Dear friends, in the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all of our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Almighty God, your sovereign purpose brings salvation to birth. Give us faith to be steadfast amid the tumults of this world, trusting that your kingdom comes and your will is done through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Reading Daniel 12, verses 1 through 3. At that time, Michael, the great prince, the protector of your people, shall arise. There shall be a time of anguish such as has 
never occurred since nations first came into existence. But at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Let's read today's psalm responsively. Protect me, O God, for I take refuge in you. I have said to the Lord, you are my Lord, my God above my good above all others. All my delight is in the godly that are in the land, upon those who are noble among the people. But those who run after other gods shall have their troubles multiplied. I will not pour out drink offerings to such gods, never take their names upon my lips. O Lord, you are my portion and my cup. It is you who uphold my lot. My boundaries enclose a pleasant land. Indeed, I have a rich inheritance. I will bless the Lord who gives me counsel. My heart teaches me night after night. I have set the Lord before me. Because God is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. My heart, therefore, is glad and my spirit rejoices. My body also shall rest in hope. For you will not abandon me to the grave, nor let your Holy One see the pit. You will show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and in your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Today's reading is from Hebrew chapter 10, verses 11 through 14 and 19 through 25. Every priest stands day after day at his service, offering again and again the same sacrifices that can never, be, that can never take away sins. But when Christ has offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, and since then has been waiting until his enemies would be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. Therefore, my friends, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have the great priest over the house of God, let us approach with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts wrinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful, and let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together is a habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Word of God, word of life.
This is the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. As Jesus came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. Then Jesus asked him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. When Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will this be, and what will be the sign that all these things are about to be accomplished? Then Jesus began to say to them, Beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name and say, I am he, and they will lead many astray. So when you hear of... For the past five or six weeks, our New Testament readings have come from the book of Hebrews. And while it's been fun to hang out in St. Mark's Gospel and make Jody talk about Revelation, it would be a lost opportunity to say nothing at all about the book of Hebrews. Even though it would be easy to say nothing, because there's an awful lot we don't know about this book. We don't know where it was written, some people think Jerusalem, Rome, Alexandria. There's debate over when it was written, maybe before 70, maybe after. But as the title suggests, it was likely written for a group of Jewish believers. And so the author is trying to explain who Jesus is and what Jesus does using language that these people know. In one image they spend an awful lot of time talking about is the priesthood of Jesus. Now, in the Hebrew Bible, priests are people who repair relationships by interpreting and interceding. They interpret the word of God to the people, and they intercede on behalf of the people to God. And as today's reading notes, one of the ways that priests did that, interceding, was by offering sacrifices. Sacrifices have a way of sort of resetting the relationship between God and the people. The relationship is ruptured or disordered in some way, and so the priest offers a sacrifice to God, the relationship is reset, and we can both move forward. And the author of Hebrews says that one way to understand Jesus is as a priest in that tradition. He interprets the word of God to people, and he intercedes on behalf of people to God, and he does that by offering a sacrifice. But there's one way that Jesus is a little bit different. Notice how the author describes priests from the Hebrew Bible. They say, they stand day after day. And why do the priests have to stand? Well, because as soon as you offer the sacrifice and reset the relationship and go sit down and grab a drink and put your feet up, well, guess what happens? 
The relationship gets disrupted or disordered again, and so you have to go back and offer another sacrifice. Priests stand because they can't sit. And notice how the author describes Jesus. The author says Jesus is at the right hand of God, but they say more than that. They say that he is seated at the right hand of God. The sacrifice that Jesus makes is so profound it only has to be made once. By a single offering, he's perfected for all time those who are sanctified. So how do we know Jesus is powerful? Well, we know because he can sit down. That's the image that we get in today's reading. And it's important for us to just pause here and ask exactly what we're supposed to do with this image. I mentioned at the beginning that this book was written to a group of Jewish believers, and so they end up making a bunch of comparisons between Jewish practices and Christian practices. The vast majority of us come to this, this text with a very different question about the priestly vocation of Jesus and our own vocations. If we believe that Jesus is this great high priest, then why do we talk about the priesthood of all believers? Why talk about any of this priest stuff at all? Isn't the whole point of having a priest like Jesus is you don't have any priests? Well, keep the focus on relationships. Remember, the whole point of priests in the Hebrew Bible is that they repair relationships. In the beginning of today's reading from Hebrews, the author's talking about our relationship with God and how Jesus fixes that. Jesus repairs that relationship once for all. You probably noticed when we start the service with confession and forgiveness, how do I forgive your sins? I don't say, I think what you did wasn't that bad, so don't worry about it. I say, in the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives all of our sins. We say those words again and again and again, but we're always talking about the same event. We don't need to add anything to it or top it off or do anything to make it real. And that's often difficult for us to accept. A couple of years ago, I was doing baptismal prep with a family, and when we finished looking over the service, they said, you know, this all looks fine, but when we get to the end of the baptism, don't I need to stand in front of the congregation and tell those people what I think about God? And the answer is no. But it's easy to think why you might uh, believe that. Because we think our relationship with God becomes real when we offer something, even if it's just awkwardly telling other people what we think about God, making them sacrifice. But the problem with that self-justification isn't so much that it's difficult or impossible, it's that you have to do it again and again and again. Once you start trying to justify your relationship with God based on your own contributions, you can never go sit down. But that doesn't mean that we can drop this priestly language entirely. Because there's another relationship too, and it's the one that we Lutherans tend to ignore when we talk about the priesthood of all believers. We often sum up the priesthood of all believers as what? 
You don't need anyone between me and God. It's me, it's God, that's it. But if you go back and read Luther on the priesthood of all believers, you get all this other stuff about our relationships with creation. This is how Luther says we live out our priestly vocation. A priest, quote, puts on his neighbor and so conducts himself toward him as if he himself were in the other's place. In the same way that Jesus takes on our lives and intercedes for us, we put on our neighbor's lives. We take their concerns and their hopes and their aspirations just as seriously as we do our own. And sure enough, you heard that in today's reading from Hebrews. Since we have a great priest over the house of God, the author writes, let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds. Provoke one another to love. Now I know you all, and I know you all aren't big on being provoked, but you can imagine it with a different word. Encouraged, inspired, uplifted. We lift up one another to love. It's not just me and God. It's me and God and everybody and everything else. You actually have an example of this in the service every single week. When we do the prayers of intercession, the prayers of the people, who are the people that we pray for? Well, we pray for ourselves and for people we know and people we like, sure. But we pray for people of other faiths. We pray for people who are sick and unemployed and exploited. We pray for our enemies. That's the only prayer I've ever gotten complaints about, interestingly. We pray for creation. So today we're going to pray for animals that are getting ready to hibernate. We have a prayer cycle that goes around the world in a year. So we pray for every single person on the planet. And next week we're going to finish that prayer cycle and we're going to go right back up to the top and start the whole thing over from the beginning. And I love that day when we just start over and go back to the beginning. Because that's what having a priestly vocation is all about. There's never a point where you can step away from the world and go sit down. That our relationship with God might be fixed once for all, but our relationship with creation certainly isn't. There's always more work to do together. There's always more provoking that needs to happen. And so we continue to gather together to encourage, inspire, and maybe even provoke one another. That's what the priesthood of Jesus is all about. Christ intercedes for us so that we can intercede for others. Christ gets involved with us so that we can get involved with creation. And Christ puts on our life and death so that we can take on our neighbors. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Let's join the church around the world confessing our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I invite you to sit or kneel for the reading of today's prayers. Eternal God, you hold firm amid the changes of this world. Hear us now as we pray for the church, the world, and everyone in need. God, our creator, you show us the path of life. Bless faithful people everywhere with humility as they extend compassion to those who have experienced harm in religious spaces. Cultivate healthy congregations that tell of and enact your reconciling love. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O God, our constant, you love our universe from beginning to end. As the seasons change, protect animals that migrate and hibernate. Bring them safely to a sheltered place in a more abundant season. God, in your mercy. O God, our ruler, you write your law on human minds and hearts. Give wisdom to all elected leaders and officials who govern with insight and compassion. Make them mindful of the well-being of all people so that your world might flourish. We pray especially this week for the people of New Zealand and Australia. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, we commend to your gracious care in keeping all those in this nation's armed forces at home and abroad. Defend them day by day with your grace. Strengthen them in their trials and temptations. Give them courage to face the perils that surround them and grant them a sense of your abiding presence wherever they may be. If you have any additional petitions, I invite you to offer those at this time. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Holy One, may your realm of love come for the insignificant, unremarkable, and overlooked people of the world, for the unnoticed and ordinary people, and for all who are told that they will never make much impact. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. With thanksgiving, we remember those who have died. Keep us in communion with all the saints until we at last find our rest in you. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. We offer these prayers in the name of the one in whom we delight, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And may the peace of the Lord be with you always and also with you.
Let us pray. God of all goodness and grace, receive the gifts we offer and grant that our whole life may give you glory and praise through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy God, you are our maker, our lover, our keeper. We thank you for the universe beyond our knowing, for the seas and forests and fields, for creatures seen and unseen, animals wild and tame, and for the places we humans call home, for cities and churches and schools. We praise you for your covenant people, for Moses and Miriam and Aaron, and for centuries of faithful Christians. Mary Magdalene, Peter, and Paul. We praise you, O God, for Jesus Christ, who saves us from sin and evil, who on the night before he died took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. We pray, O God, for your spirit, your breath, your fire, your wisdom. Bless this meal and all who share it. Inspire your people for service. And renew our world with your mercy, your healing, your justice, your peace. We praise you, all holy God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. And gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. This is the body of Christ given for you, and the blood of Christ shed for you. Let us pray. Blessed Jesus, at this table you have been for us both host and meal. Now send us forth to extend our tables and to share your gifts until we all feast at your heavenly banquet. Amen.
open things up for announcements. I have a plant in the congregation today. Bill, Bill Whitney is going to be up first. <laughs> so I invite everyone to have a seat. Good morning. I'm moving a little awkwardly right now. Um, you've probably noticed, as I have, that our postal service in the past year or so has been somewhat less than reliable. But one thing they seem to be very good at is delivering mail from charities seeking donations. Getting a little feedback, I apologize. They, they have these fat envelopes stuffed with trinkets. There are notepads and greeting cards and, and uh, address labels, you name it. Well, don't expect anything like that from Advent. Our mission is to just provide the means for everyone to do what we think would come naturally to you. We don't try to induce you to give, we just give you the opportunity. Because we believe that we are bound firmly together, there's our stewardship theme, in our love of God and our support for the church and its mission, then our job is simply to provide you with the means to make a financial commitment. So right now on our website, you can do it very easily. You can pledge directly on, online. You can print out a pledge card, fill it out and get it to the church office. As a matter of fact, they come two to a sheet so you can pledge twice. <laughs> and we will be following up uh, later this month with a mailing to your home. And I promise no trinkets. Thank you very much, Bill. Pledging is it's so easy to do online that I actually just submitted my pledge during Bill's talk. <laughs> Bill, Bill, Bill submitted his pledge during my homily, so I think we're even now. Uh, did anyone have any announcements they wanted to share? Yes, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Did anyone have any other announcements? I wanted to thank Lily and Anderson both for reading so well today. They did that on about two minutes notice, so thank you very much for reading today. Um, we have sort of a funny week this week. Uh, Monday, tomorrow, we have a book group is going to meet from 1 to 2. On Thursday, there will not be Bible study this week. I need to be on a continuing ed workshop, so you have the week off this week. Next Sunday is Interfaith Thanksgiving, and it is every year, the Sunday before, I'm like, this is gonna be a disaster. And somehow it usually goes okay. So uh, it's gonna be exciting, that's at one o'clock. If the weather's nice, we'll do it outside here on the lawn. If the weather doesn't cooperate, we'll be over at Temple Beth Rashon. If you wanna know where it is, just go to our website, go to the social media pages, and there'll be an announcement there. Uh, Olivia, who's the cantor at Beth Rashon, has a choir going. If you want to sing some songs in their choir, uh, Thursday, 7.30, 
to nine. It's a mix of English and Hebrew songs. Um, and if you go to that, uh, you have to wear a mask, uh, whether you're vaxxed or unvaxxed. So it's just like what we do here, basically. So anyway, but that should be fun. You have Phyllis from Christian Health. You have Rabbi Josh. You have Father Jay from Saney's. So we have a nice group of people this year doing that. So that's all I have in the way of announcements. I invite you to uh, stand as you're able to receive the blessing. Looking to Jesus and surrounded by the cloud of witnesses, may we live forgiven, running the race that God has set before us now and into eternity. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Go in peace, put on your neighbor, Thanks be to God. Mm -hmm.